This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, how you doing today? We have back our longest returning guest and your favorite and mine, Anna Kelly. How you doing, Anna? You always make my Wednesdays wonderful, Michael. <laughs> I, appreciate, well. I appreciate that. The entire One Rental at a Time family thanks for thanks you for your multi-year commitment to to Wednesdays. We appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Excellent. So we have three exciting topics today. Three things I don't think we've ever talked about. So that should be pretty cool. The first one is while you and I have, let's just call it 40 years experience buying rental properties. We are both about, yeah, together, combined. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good point. That meant to be 40 years combined. Yeah, I should have finished that sentence. That's funny. Uh, But we're entering a time that will be the first for us as well. And that is, you know, for 20 years, right, 40 years combined, rates have been going down. Yes, we've had a couple of months here or there where they, you know, they've jumped up in 18 for a little bit. They got a little squirrely in in February of last year. But you know what? I think there's a better than 50-50 chance the 30-year has put in the bottom. Uh, I'm not calling for anything crazy higher, uh, but the chances are we're going to probably have multi-years of rising rates. And you and I need to think about that, right? Maybe it it takes advantage. Maybe we don't do cash out refis or rate in terms, or maybe we have to look for better deals. So I'm just curious, have you even thought about, oh my God, you're right, Michael, we may have three to four years of rising mortgage rates. I think about this all the time, all the time. <laughs> Good. I'm not alone. Uh- Yeah, because interest rates are something we always have to be looking at, especially not as much you, even though you have to, but when you do single family and you get a nice 30-year fixed mortgage, you don't have to worry, at least on your existing portfolio, that there's going to be much change, right? For me, that I do mostly commercial loans where I'm going to a, you know, either Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or even a, a, just a commercial lender locally, mm-hmm. most of our loans are not fixed for 30 years. So they may amortize for 30 years, but they either have a balloon in 10 where they're called and then in 10 years you have to refi, mm-hmm. or they're really a 20-year amortization or 25, but the rate only gets fixed for five years. And yeah. after that, it resets. And so as I've been investing for 20 years, every five years, I've got a portfolio, you know, at least a deal coming up that's going, uh oh, what's going to happen with rates? So I will say, I think about it all the time. I've gotten my predictions wrong. <laughs> I've paid to lock in rates high when I thought they were going to go higher after 09 and 010 and the yeah. crisis, and they went low and stayed there for nine years, right? <laughs> So I've gotten it wrong, but I'd rather pay to lock in a, a, a somewhat low rate compared to what we used to have yeah. than to not lock anything and let it float with the reality that rates will probably keep ticking up because we are in the lowest rate environment, I think, in my lifetime. And I'm 46. Yeah. Well, I got you beat by a couple of years and, and it's certainly the lowest in my investing lifetime, right? Um, yeah. yeah, this is something I think about because again, Again, looking at history for the future, you know, one of the things we did is we did we did some cash out refis of single family homes, 
right? There were multiple times we took out 20, 30, maybe even 40 grand and the payment actually went down or stayed flat. That's a very giving environment, right? You, you, you buy it with a six and a half and then you refi it five and an eighth, you know, three or four years later, and then you take the five and eighth and now, now it's four, you know, that's, that's some good living. Now, now you're in it, you know, three and an eighth and five years from now it's four and an eighth. You're like, Hmm, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You know, when I bought my first property, I think rates were just above eight mm. and that was in 2000. Okay. In 2000, I bought my first prop. No, 1999, I bought my first property. I'm sorry. Um, And I think my rates were like eight and three quarters, if I remember correctly. So they were quite high, right? And then so when we had rates come down into the sixes after 2007, after 2008 and 2009, I thought, oh, that's low. And then when we really had a a full-blown recession, the great recession, right? Rates were like in the 5% range for investors. Like, homeowners could get them about four prime was three and a half. Right. But we were looking at five, five and a quarter. And those were great rates. Right. So prime stayed really low because it took us a long time to come out of that recession. And I think that's one of the things I think about, right. Is how, how long will these rates stay low? And everybody's trying to guess, right. Typically what happens is as the economy starts to flourish again, the Fed will start, le- start slowly ticking away and raising the mm-hmm. Fed funds rate, which usually then your mortgage rates start to you know go up accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, treasuries usually try to go up kind of accordingly. They're not really connected, but they all impact one another, right? Mm-hmm. And so when the economy got looked like it was really stable in the end of 2018, the Fed tried to raise rates. And it was like all kinds of backlash in the economy saying, wait, it's not as healthy as you think. Yeah. So they quickly reverse course. So we're two years into that, almost three years into that. We're in a pandemic. So rates have to be low because they need us to spend. They yeah. need us to get the economy going. They want inflation. And we can talk about that, right? But yeah. they got to start ticking up rates as soon as they think it's healthy enough to do so. And the question is just when, right? Yeah, it's, it, I think on the wind part, I think about that a lot because that's going to impact the economy, consumers, GDP. That's where I kind of play, right? What's going on with the consumer? And they're going to do everything they can. And I'm, I'm actually calling for something they've done twice called Operation Twist, right? First time was 1961. And then I think the other time was in, uh, in 2007 or eight, that crisis, right? Where they, they basically bought the long end and sold the short end because they want to flatten the yield curve. That's coming. Because I think right now, left unchecked, what we saw last week and the spike in the 10 year is going to continue to happen uh, very quickly. Explain quick. that, Michael. Explain which, that. Which part? The, the buying and selling operation twist. I've never heard that term operation twist before. Yeah. So they've only done it twice. Uh, I've looked it up because I, I, I was basically saying, how's the Fed going to keep rates low? So I was seeking it out. So in 1961, and again, I think it was 07, it might have been 08, they basically said, the long is it long end rates are too high. We've lost control. So essentially the Fed is going to become the buyer and they don't care about a positive return, right? So they're just going to flood the market, buy what's out there, and that's going to bring rates lower because they don't need a return. And what they're going to do is sell the short end, which is going to help raise rates. So they want to flatten the curve. That's that's what they want to do. They haven't announced it yet. Uh, my guess is they announce it, they could do announce it as soon as this month. My guess is next month. 
Yeah. So what you're talking about is is buying mortgage-backed securities. Oh, and yeah, they'll buy anything on the long end, right? It could just it could right. be a ten-year, right? I mean, if it gets bad enough, right. they'll buy their own stock, right? They'll buy their own stock. Right. But yeah, it'll and be. And they all- haven't talked about that. They right. have talked about that in the crisis. I had just never heard that operation twist term before. So now I'm like, I'm curious. I learned something today, Michael. I want to go out and awesome. look that up. There but you go. I, but yes, they can manipulate the rates and, and they try to do that to keep stability mm-hmm. and to keep inflation at, you know, quote unquote, 2%. Yeah. It's, so in my opinion on that is they're going to do everything they can to keep rates low this year, but I don't think they're going to be able to do it because that bond market is, is, is hundreds of trillions of dollars, right? It's, it's not just, it's not a little thing. So I think they're going to do it in the short term, but next year it, rates are higher. I just, I, I just can't see it. I can't see it. Yeah. They're already, you know, ticking up a little bit. I mean, I, I got three mortgages this year, 2.5, So, I mean, crazy, crazy low rates. Right. And so um, I never thought I'd see something like that. I mean, we're talking six points less than, you know, 20 years ago. So it's, it's crazy low, but to your point, the treasuries went up half a percent last week and um, consumer mortgages started to tick up. And in fact, applications, I just read are down 43% yep. compared to last year. Now they had been boom, 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 booming. But now all of a sudden, because rates started to tick up a little bit, right. Okay. Um, that softens the amount of, of mortgage rates and refis. And so once you start to see that happen, it's a sign that we're probably, you know, we're probably going to see some, you know, equilibrium or, or stabilization, the other thing to think about is, is that the Fed wants this, you know, imaginary 2% inflation. We've already talked about that's not really consumer price index, which is double, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens is if they can force inflation, um, the value of the dollar is less and therefore it's cheap, it's easier to pay off oh, for their sure. debt, right? Um, if they can then inflate the dollar as well. So, I mean, it's very, very complicated, right? But they want inflation. Mm-hmm. They want inflation. They want costs to go up and they want us to spend more money on things. Um, and usually that that results in rates going up, interest rates going up. Yeah. So at the end, folks, I think what you're hearing from us is, you know, we think about interest rates a lot. It's it's the largest expense on every asset I own, right? The mortgage payment, right? It's it's the biggest thing. So we got to watch it. It, it, do, it will impact your decisions going forward. It's it's one thing to do cash out refis when your payment stays the same. And it's vastly different when the payment goes up and the interest rate goes up. So lots right. of future decisions. Commercial, very interesting, right? Five-year five year period, what, what what will rates be? What will rents be? What's what's your NOI? Lots, lots of things to talk about, right? Right, right. And I think about it all the time. So, you know, when, when I saw rates were starting to really come down, I locked in a whole bunch of really low rates. Now, my lenders got smart though, and they put in a floor. So most of my lenders have a floor of 3.75 or four. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how low, you know, your home loan might go to 2.5. Like you're not getting less than three, yeah. you know, three quarters or four. I do have one lender that's doing, you know, 3.5% right now, which is wow. amazing, right? On a commercial. Um, but I, I just don't see those rates lasting long. So one of the things that we think about a, a lot of lenders, you're starting to see choices now where they'll let you lock the rate for five, seven, or 10 years mm-hmm. instead of only locking for five. And so I'm constantly looking at every time I buy a property, do I want to lock for five, seven, or 10 
what's the difference it's going to cost me to lock for 10? Because, you know, if I'm locking for 10, they're charging me half a point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, so I figure out on my spreadsheet kind of with the time value of money, how much am I going to pay more to get a 10-year lock mm -hmm. versus what's the chance that rates are a lot higher in 10 years and I need to worry about it. And then I make a different decision based on where the rates are. So it, it is a huge piece of your cash on cash return, right? Absolutely. Because if your interest rate's higher, you're paying higher for your mortgage and your income is less. And so it's something we have to be thinking about rates all the time. Yeah, very cool. That was a fun conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you.